Hey, New Life, welcome back to another week of our sermon. We're super excited you guys are listening with us on this podcast. And so if you don't know, New Life's mission is to develop an authentic community that inspires people to know and follow Jesus through worship, community, mission, and generosity. And so you can stay up to date with what we have going on 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 Instagram and Facebook. You can also find our YouTube channel. You can like and subscribe to stay up to date with videos and those things we put out online. And so this week, here is the most recent sermon. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Welcome. It's great to gather. It's great to worship together, isn't it? Uh, Really excited to to continue our sermon series on on spiritual wellness. Uh, As a church, we're really excited to take some of these next steps and really uh, grow in that together. Uh, If you remember, week one, we took a big picture look at spiritual wellness and we, we asked the question, who am I becoming? And then last week, we talked about uh, confession, recalibrating for spiritual wellness. And so uh, this week, we're, we're going to jump into this idea of, of rest. How am I recreating? Um, we all kind of recognize the importance for rest, don't we? Um, uh, we know that it's critical for our, our well-being, and, and we're always uh, kind of having to struggle to, to navigate, getting the right amount of sleep and things like that. So... Um, however, rest is really multidimensional. Um, there's way more aspects to it than we often consider. Uh, I just want to bring to, a, to your attention a couple of aspects. Uh, so the physical aspect, we just talked briefly about it, that, but uh, none of us can get zero sleep ever and be well. Uh, except for some moms are pretty amazing. So uh, medical personnel, they're running pretty close there too, some first responders. But none of us can survive with zero sleep. That's a real physical limitation. Um, uh, Also, we have holidays like we just concluded for our physical well-being. You know, many of us get additional time off for an extra boost, kind of a special break, some added, uh, some much-needed rest. But how many of you were, were simply worn out when January 3rd got here and the work week started? That was a holiday, wasn't it? Um, or vacations. People take vacations to get away from the regular day-to-day grind and, and kind of recharge the batteries. And there are certainly some great benefits to vacations. But have you ever come back from a vacation and your batteries were even more drained when you got back, that you were actually simply exhausted when you returned. Well, Dr. Tim Bono, he's uh, from Washington University in St. Louis. He claims that vacations and and other special scenarios and special events like, uh, like holidays can be exhausting due to the number of small decisions made and mental energy expended during these times. And he explains it this way. He says that humans thrive on routine And he says, when you have a routine, there's less mental energy that has to go towards figuring out what we have to do. That's why these special times we take to get rest actually end up being a little bit more draining than than they're meant to be. So that's kind of the physical aspect. Uh, So I want to touch on the the physiological aspect to it as well. So uh, my wife, Tammy, just started nursing school. And so I got to bounce some of this off of her. Uh, For many of you in the medical field, 
Um, bear with me, this is a super simplistic explanation and you can correct me afterwards and so uh, let me know. But uh, there's a, a part of our nervous system uh, whose job it is to regulate things like heart rate, blood pressure, respiration, and digestion. Uh, it actually controls the body's ability to relax. It's that important. It, it does something called downregulating. It, it counteracts, we've all heard of the fight or flight response uh, when stressors come. Well, this, uh, uh, this system, part of the nervous system, uh, counteracts that uh, to, they call it the rest and digest state, showing that the critical nature of rest in all of our systems is vital to how we deal with things. So uh, because I'm not that smart, uh, I have to, uh, have to simplify it to a certain problem I'm having. I'm actually having a car issue right now. So our, uh, um, our transmission has a, we have a transmission shift solenoid in it that occasionally gets stuck. And so right now when accelerating, the engine revs up really high and uh, the, the solenoid fails to shift and, and so it doesn't go down a, a gear and doesn't downregulate. So when that happens, the RPMs stay up way too high uh, and if we don't slow down, if we don't shut down, uh, it'll overheat and eventually break down. Okay, so here's my big word for the day. The, the parasympathetic part of our nervous system the computer wiring of our body and brain, if you will, it's critical to us to keep us from overheating, overloading, and breaking down. Uh, the cool thing is, is if this system is functioning well, it reduces your, your risk of heart disease and stroke, it increase, increases your digestive performance, uh, you'll actually, it'll give you better emotional and overall physical health, and possibly even a longer lifespan. So, we are actually designed in our system for rest to be a part of our wellness. So when, when thinking about rest, these two aspects can't individually be the only isolated facets of rest because our creator God designed us in a, in a large holistic manner. Each of these aspects are very important but must be looked at as a part of the whole. Rest is really important to our, our physical, our mental, emotional, and certainly our spiritual lives. So really quickly, why rest? Well, why, do we even, why is that even a thing? We talked about some of those aspects, but uh, one of the spiritual aspects is rest is part of the divine order. That's, uh, that's how God designed it. It's interesting, just like work was part of what we're created for, in the, even in the perfect garden state. Uh, things are perfect and we're made to work and we're made to rest. Now, why do we do that? Rest and work were what we were, what we were created for, for the worship and glory of God. And God even showed us the example of that by taking uh, the seventh day as his Sabbath, by resting. Now, after the fall, with sin as part of our, our world, part of our lives, and, and uh, we're still created to do these things. We're created to do them for the worship and glory of God. But it's just that we're broken. We're unable to live in that. So we need to depart from our brokenness. We need to accept and rely on our dependence of God the Father. We need to be recreated, not of our own doing, and rest is a critical part of doing just that. So the big idea today is recreation requires rest for spiritual wellness. 
Recreation requires rest for spiritual wellness. Our passage today is Hebrews 4, 1 through 11. Uh, I want to give some context to that really quickly. So the book of Hebrews, it's a, a letter written to Jewish Christians whose faith is, uh, is kind of taking a, a shot right now because of some persecution. Uh, and uh, as some of these deeply ingrained Jewish traditions uh, probably still existed, they're finding some challenges in, um, in breaking certain teachings, certain traditions. And so the author of Hebrews is trying to convince his readers that Jesus is greater than Moses. So they're still stuck in that, partly in that view of here's where we came from with Moses, but Jesus is greater. The exodus and the journey of the Israelites under the leadership of Moses and the guidance of the, of the law, so Moses brought the law and he led them in that way, uh, is now, in this book of Hebrews, is now paralleled to believers, uh, God's people who find their confidence and their hope in the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. So Moses was seen as a prophet of the law, while Jesus is the vehicle of God's grace. So with this as the backdrop, let's take a, a look at three kinds of rest that is revealed in this passage. So uh, first, let me read Hebrews 4, 1 through 8. You can follow along on the screens there. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed entered that rest, and he has said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So a, a little bit riddly, um, but lots of, lots of rest and just as them and they. And again, these are referring uh, back to the Exodus story. Uh, they're, they're also referring, we'll talk about here in just a minute, about a, a psalm, a Psalm 95. And so he's using a lot of these to, to set the stage. Um, uh, and also what the author is trying to do, he's affirming the Jewish Christians. So he, he's gaining some common ground with them. He's saying, hey, um, here's your heritage. We want to support that. We, we know that's important. Um, however, we're also going to confirm the Messiah Jesus standing and he does this by alluding to the Exodus story. Uh, some of the things he, uh, they're alluding to here, the author is, is the Israelites released from the bondage of slavery from Egypt. That was the first step of their, their Exodus. Then they uh, took a trip, uh, a, a trek to Canaan, which is the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. However, in the, the meantime, the wandering in, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, not entering the rest of the promised land due to disobedience. So God had this plan that, to take them, and yet they didn't understand. They didn't listen to his word. So let's take a look real quick about uh, through uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 1 through 8. Um, 
Verse 1 starts off with the, the word therefore. So one of my favorite pastors and, uh, that I listen to and read, his name is Chuck Swindoll. And it's probably a, a typical question, but he always said as, we studied, as he studied the Bible, what is the therefore therefore? So when you see that in Scripture, that's always a great question. The therefore uh, refers back to chapter 3, as we just talked about, where many of the Israelites didn't enter Canaan because uh, of their disobedience. So this was the land that was promised them. Hey, we're getting out of Egypt. We're leaving this, uh, this slavery. And they celebrate that. God says, hey, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And yet they, they disobey. And so... Uh, because of their unbelief, he says, you're not going in. So in verse 2, uh, the, the phrase good news is the word of God. It's the provision of God that was given to them. But this group of people didn't benefit because they didn't believe. Uh, so if you remember the story, um, they sent 12 spies into the promised land. And uh, they came back. Uh, Ten of them said, Oh my gosh, it's impossible. We're going to die. Um, just, it was, it was horrible news. There were two of them that said, no, this is what God has said. This is what he's calling us to, and we're going to do this. And so God said, you're, you're disobedient. Um, you're stubborn. And this all comes from unbelief. So none of the people here in the wandering around the wilderness will go into the promised land. You will all die and, and out in the wilderness when all of you are dead, then we'll head into the promised land for the people that are obeying. So, so that's kind of the, 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 the good news is the word of God saying, here's what I'm giving you. And they didn't listen. Now, verses 3 through 8 includes references to Psalm 95. Um, and I'm sure you'll recognize Psalm 95 is written way after um, the Exodus story. Uh, and it's showing us a few different things. And so here's where, uh, where we come in with the, the, the three rests. And our first rest is salvation rest. Salvation rest, uh, we see in verse 4 there, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. So this is, a, again, a reference back to creation. Seventh day he rested. And the importance and the, um, the parallel to this is he rested because his work was finished. In Hebrews, as this is interwoven into the Israelite story, this is, uh, this is serving as a picture of our rest in Christ through salvation. Jesus has completed our work. He's finished our work, and we now have salvation rest in him. Now, another aspect of that is some Israelites didn't enter the promised land. We talked about that a second ago because of their unbelief. And, and this... Uh, this is really important because this is something, uh, in some ways, we, we all could struggle with at times. But unbelief causes hard hearts and rebellion. Uh, it doesn't go the other way around. It actually starts with unbelief. But through Jesus Christ, the, the rest, the metaphorical promised land, is still available. That's what this whole passage is saying. Hey, they didn't go in. This is still available, though. The promised land is still in front of you. Um, in verse 3, it talks about believers. He says, we who have believed enter that rest. So he's talking about um, the people there uh, in Jerusalem that are hearing this letter. Um, John 1.12 says it this way. It says, but to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So 
um, as we receive him, we believe in his name and we're offered salvation rest. Now on in verse seven, the important thing is today is the day. So for those people that, that haven't accepted the salvation rest, uh, this author is going on to say today's the day. So to kind of summarize this, Israel's bondage in Egypt is just an illustration of an unbeliever's bondage in this world. The rest, the promised land, is being offered to all of us by receiving and believing in Jesus Christ. So let me take a moment. If, if you are, are wandering today, if you feel like there's a, uh, you're in the wilderness right now, today is the day. If you have not found the salvation rest in Jesus Christ, today is the day. Don't let it go past today. Um, this this uh, salvation rest, um, pur the, a Puritan commentator, John Owen, described five features, really beautiful, of what this salvation rest looks like for a believer. And you, you'll see those up there. So rest, and, and these are all things that, that we, we want. This is what we want from life, isn't it? Rest means peace with God, with our Creator. Rest means freedom from a bondage-like spirit in the worship and service of God. Rest means deliverance from the burden of Mosaic observance, from the burden of the law. Rest means the freedom of worship according to the gospel. I think that means the freedom of worship in, in mercy and grace. And rest means the rest that God himself enjoys. Man, that's a great thing to look forward to, isn't it? The rest that God himself enjoys. So this is salvation rest. This is the place this salvation rest is the place where all rest has to start from. So that's the first one, salvation rest. The second rest is, um, is called, I'm going to call it submission rest or kingdom now rest. Uh, we're going to skip verse 9. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But verse 10 and 11 says this, For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So this is a picture of uh, the spiritual rest that we find when we uh, submit our lives to Jesus. So that's why it's, it's different from the salvation rest. This is a submission. This is an obedience rest. Um, as we surrender to Jesus, as we learn of him uh, and live with him, as we trust and obey him by faith, we get to enjoy this submission rest. With Jesus, we begin to see and experience the, the kingdom of God as it's meant to be seen and experienced. We get a glimpse of our spiritual inheritance. Again, salvation rest is first. Submission rest is understanding our inheritance and the things that come along with that. As we enjoy the kingdom of God, we better understand that uh, the reality of God's kingdom for us is uh, it's, it's kind of twofold. It's a, it's a now and it's a not yet. So often I think it, in, uh, we, we've heard different teachings where it's like, okay, just uh, come and do the right thing so that you get the kingdom of God later. No, we have the kingdom of God right now. It's not perfect, but we get to experience the kingdom of God now. You, uh, uh, there's just so many opportunities that you can uh, you can look and see when, uh, when you're in a, uh, 
a, a friendship and you're enjoying a, a night with, with dear friends, when you're, you're seeing a sunset or a sunrise, that's the kingdom of God right now. So this submission rest is the kingdom now rest. It's not perfect, but we can begin to see and experience the richness and the fullness of our Father God through Jesus Christ. Uh, I've, I've never, this is a, a common passage many of you will recognize, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, and I have never looked at it in this way. I think this is great. So this is a great picture of both salvation rest and submission rest. It says this, come to me, all, you, uh, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So that's salvation rest. Jesus is saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. And then the next part, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the submission rest. That's the, the living with Jesus rest, where it's easy and light for our souls. Doesn't that just let you take a, just a little bit of a, a breath that's like, ah, man, you, uh, I can find rest for my soul with you, Jesus, because your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I will submit to that. Warren Wiersbe, a pastor and theologian, said, uh, said it this way. <clears throat> he said, the first part is peace with God. The second part is the peace of God. It's by believing that we enter into rest, but it's by obeying by faith and surrendering to his will that the rest enters us. And isn't that what we find ourselves scrambling for? And yet uh, we're told that the rest will enter us if we submit. So we have a salvation rest, we have submission rest. Uh, there's a third rest. This is very interesting. Um, so we have to backtrack a verse to, uh, to verse nine. Um, and the verse nine says this, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Really simple verse there, but it says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. But interestingly enough, uh, this word rest, we've seen a bunch of them in this chapter, haven't we? But this word rest is a different Greek word used for rest uh, than is, is in the whole entire rest of the chapter. And matter of fact, it's the only place in the New Testament that this Greek word for rest is used. And here's what it means. This word means a keeping of the Sabbath. So this word means a future rest. And so the third rest is the kingdom not yet. So as we submit to Jesus, we get to know the kingdom now and get to see those things. We also get to hope in the kingdom not yet. Now, uh, just to whet your appetite just a little bit, uh, this rest is perfect and eternal. And uh, we can anticipate, we can look forward to, we can hope in this rest. So when believers enter this rest, as Wearsby says, it will be like sharing God's great Sabbath rest. Whoa. Okay, think back to the seventh day. God says, I'm going to rest. We're going to experience that. Don't you want to be part of that? That's restful. I love that. So we've seen three rests, salvation rest, kingdom now rest, and kingdom not yet rest. 
So when we started this morning, you, you probably thought, oh, we're going to talk about rest. So we're going to talk about, okay, I got to not work one day during the week, or I got to take a nap this afternoon, or something like that. A L- little bit different. Um, but um, those are still parts. But the important thing, again, is our big idea. Recreation requires rest for spiritual wellness. And each of those rests are really important. So recreation first requires salvation rest. Again, it has to start there. It has to start with, uh, with new life. Therefore, um, and, um, it's, the verse says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So accept and know that rest. Uh, the second rest, recreation then requires submission or kingdom now rest. Uh, reminded me of the verse, his mercies are new every morning. We can grow, we can mature in our love and our dependence on Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, recreation requires kingdom not yet rest. Our hope, our lives are in the now, but they're pointed to the future promised land. That's something to look forward to. Now, rest or space to be recreated through salvation, submission, and eternity um, seems not very productive. If we get down to the the brass tacks of, of rest, doesn't seem very productive. That's the point of rest. Space away, space apart from trials and troubles, busyness and activity. Those are the things that help us recognize and dwell in our finiteness and in our limitations. Um, Professor, this next quote, professor and author Dr. Ashley Hales, in her book, and it's also a version reading plan if you're interested, it's called A Spacious Life. And a bit of a long quote, but it's incredible. So it says this. The gospel shows us that the good life, the only thing that will give us a stable and contented identity, is found by living within the loving limits of our God and King. Most of us don't practically live under the reign of King Jesus. Instead, we choose to leave behind rest because it doesn't feel like we're accomplishing anything. But what if our limits weren't something to surmount or overcome? What if we didn't approach rest as if it were another thing to check off? The freedom we find in the way of Jesus is abundant life, a life Jesus said he came to give to us, a life dripping with satisfaction like milk and honey, a life with the sustenance and delight of bread and wine, a life where there is a peace that passes understanding. Jesus offers us a spacious life, where no matter our circumstances, we're upheld by a love that created the cosmos and came to earth in order to rescue us and bring us home. Almost bring us to the promised land. That takes my breath away. Don't you want to live a life dripping with the satisfaction like milk and honey? Man, that sounds delicious, doesn't it? Just like the promised land. Don't you want to live a life with the sustenance and delight of bread and wine? Just like sitting at the Lord's table. Man, that is rest and that is life. So practically, how can we better live under the reign of King Jesus? Accepting, uh, so one of the challenges is accepting the loving limits of our creator, uh, welcoming space and rest in our lives. We're basically saying, hey, God, we have limitations and we're going to come to you. Well, this passage holds uh, a few other interesting uh, tips on that. Um, 
and some really timeless tips as well. So it's interesting in this first, uh, most of the first part of uh, Hebrews 4, we talk about rest, and then it transitions to a, a, a verse that's pretty familiar to most of you. It immediately leads to this word, uh, this verse, excuse me. Hebrews 4, 11 and 12, it says this, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active. Huh. Uh, we grab that verse and we talk about the, the power of the Word of God. Absolutely true. But isn't that interesting? It comes on the heels of, hey, let's, let's pursue rest. By the way, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So here's a great application. Let God's Word help you fight the unbelief that could keep you from the rest that God has from you. The unbelief that could keep you from the trust that releases you, the trust in God. God's word diagnoses our motives and it diagnoses the condition of our heart. Now, tying it back into that, that wilderness story of the Israelites, they ignored and they rebelled against God's word to them. He gave them a word of promise and hope. He said, I'm going to send you to this land of milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. And they just, they just disobeyed. They found no rest. So, the Word of God is one way to do that. Uh, secondly, and again, just a couple verses later, again, a verse that many of us know, very powerful verse, fantastic verse. Hebrews 4.16 says this, uh, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Man, so encouraging. Have we ever put that with rest? Uh, you know, we, we talk about prayer all the time, and it's very important. Um, have we ever put coming to the throne of God with rest? God, let me come to you, accept your mercy and grace, and, and rest in you. We have a, uh, the verse goes on to say, we have a great high priest in Jesus Christ. And again, for this audience, and to remind us, uh, greater than Moses, Jesus is the greatest. And uh, greater than Aaron, who was the high priest back then, Jesus is the greatest. He knows, Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. And interestingly enough, he knows how to rest. If you have time, look up times and places where Jesus rests. He gets away. Uh, he actually lays down and takes a nap in the middle of a storm, uh, in the middle of, on a boat in the middle of a storm. So he knows how to rest. So uh, check that out. Go to him, find mercy, and find grace. Rest in that. And then the third thing, in the previous chapter, Hebrews 3, at the end of that, uh, still part of this whole narrative, um, we find important references to community. Okay, I'm up here. I'm the Connect pastor. You knew it was going to come up eventually. Um, but by the way, our Connect groups are starting this week. And so if you're interested in that, we would love to have you join one of them if you haven't found one just yet. But here's what Hebrews 3.13 says about rest and community. Um, it says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Again, the reason these Israelites didn't get to experience rest and the promised land is because they didn't believe and they didn't unite. They didn't come together to challenge each other's uh, unbelief, to encourage one another that's what community's for. So we would love for you to, to be part of that here at New Life.
So those are some things there in Hebrews. Let me give you a couple of quick practical uh, ideas that I, I hope will uh, either help or at least challenge you to think through some other things. Uh, first of all, what would it look like to cultivate some space of silence in your day, in your weekend? Uh, don't, you don't have to get crazy. Um, what if you started with just five minutes? What if you just started with three minutes of just silence? Just sit. Just be silent. Do that every day, listening, simply giving space to God to speak to you. Uh, I was listening to a, a great podcast on, on this uh, in the last couple of weeks, and uh, he says he, he sits, it's John Mark Comer, and he sits cross-legged on the ground, and, uh, and he says, I, part of why I do that is because I'm not going to last all that long, so uh, when my back starts hurting, then I'm done being quiet. What's just some little things that you could do to implement quiet, silence, rest into your day? Uh, how about setting aside two hours, four hours every weekend with no electronics, um, maybe even no talking in your house? I know a lot of parents, that's pretty, pretty exciting for you, but probably not going to happen. But it's a good thought. It's a good idea. So kids, God's telling you that. So no, he's not. That was just a joke. Don't quote me on that. Um, how about just to give some space? Um, how about creating some new rhythms on a Sunday? Uh, maybe watch a show or a movie together. Every Sunday, just plan on, hey, this is, this is family day. This is our day to, to do that, just to create that space. Maybe it's to uh, enjoy nature somehow. Um, sit outside and look at the sky, look at the stars, uh, look at the moon, uh, look at the sunrise or sunset. Um, go on a walk. Um, maybe it's uh, about meals, how to simplify your, your meals, make it leftover night. Maybe Sunday night's leftover night so you can focus on really receiving the goodness of God rather than working and preparing. One thing our family did as our kids were growing up, um, we always did on Sunday nights just to make it simple. Uh, Sunday nights was cereal night at our house. It's awesome. All we need is a, a gallon of milk and uh, a couple boxes of cereal. And we love cereal. So it just simplifies it so we can just be together. So these are just a few ideas. There's plenty of other. I just want to challenge you to take a next step. Uh, so this is Martin Luther King Jr. Um, weekend. And he has a great quote, I think, that will encourage us on this matter. He says, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. So to be well, keep moving. Keep trying. Just one step at a time, implementing uh, rest in order to be well. Recreation requires rest for spiritual wellness. There's salvation rest. Submission, kingdom now rest, and eternal kingdom not yet rest. I want to give just a, a few questions for you to consider, and uh, then Pastor Don uh, will come up and lead us in communion. Uh, so here's a couple of questions. Uh, this is an important one. Have you entered God's salvation rest by believing and receiving? That's the starting point. We, we don't do this a, a whole lot. But the passage, uh, the scriptures, and the challenge to rest lends itself to that. If you, um, if you feel like you're 
in the wilderness. If you feel like you're wandering, today is the day. Today is the day to receive salvation rest. Jesus has that for you. And so, um, uh, if that's something that, that you're uh, wrestling with, that you have questions, that you want to talk to somebody about, there's a couple of things we want to invite you to do. Um, after the service, we're going to have a, a couple people available. So Pastor Don uh, always sits right over here. He'll be in this front area if you want to come and talk to him about this salvation rest. Uh, Lee and Tammy Bramlett, uh, they're going to make their way up to, to this side after the service. So it doesn't have to be anything embarrassing. They would love to, to talk to you about what that looks like to take that next step. Uh, if you just want to, uh, uh, to head home and, and ponder it, please don't forget, today is the day. And so uh, go to our Connect page, newlifecity.church slash connect. Uh, the top part, just give us a little contact info and sa say, today is the day. Or say, salvation rest. Just say something, we'll contact you. We'd love to grab coffee with you this week sometime. Don't let it pass, though. Today's the day. Second question, what's the next step you can take to grow in your submission rest as you grow and mature? As you learn to trust and obey Jesus, what's the next step? Maybe it's to join a connect group. Uh, which challenges you in Bible and prayer. Uh, maybe it's just, a, again, just one next thing. And then finally, what's one Saturday or Sunday step that you can take to begin to create space to simply rest? Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, God, you, you want to, to give us this space, this, this rest, um, help us come to you and accept that gift. That to uh, understand our limits and bring those to you, to the, the only one who is limitless. Uh, God, will you continue to stir our hearts, whether it's to, to make that decision for salvation rest in you, to make that commitment to a, a next place of submission rest. Always help us have hope in the, uh, the kingdom to come rest. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.